America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Greetings, listeners. I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you, my friends, are now listening to The Royal Treatment. Welcome back if you have been here before, and welcome if you're here for the first time. The purpose of our show is to empower you, to give you free information that you can use to make better informed healthcare decisions. Why is this important? Well, because your doctor can't help you. And I don't want you to wait until it's too late to figure that out. That's because our healthcare, so-called healthcare system, is built upon disease management. In other words, if you're sick, there's a pill for every ill, but there's nothing your doctor can do to make you healthier. You, my friends, have to take matters into your own hands. You, my friends, have to be more responsible, and you, my friends, must take action. This means that, well, we need to move a little more. We need to exercise. We need to drink a little better, or at least maybe drink a little more water, and we need to supplement better. And invest in our health with lifestyle changes. And we're going to talk about some of that a little later in the program. A little later in the program, we're going to talk about how important magnesium is and a patient case that will illustrate just how important that is who almost died because her magnesium level was too low. A young woman, 42 years of age, multiple heart attacks, three children, almost dead because the doctors did not know how to diagnose low magnesium level. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the danger of statins, maybe a cholesterol-lowering drug. You need to know the risk you are taking when you supplement with that and how it's affecting, well, frankly, your brain function. Lowering cholesterol affects all of your hormones, but all your brain. We're just going to talk about a little later in the program. We will also be talking about people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. These are people who locally and internationally should have lived a little longer than they did. And why is that? Well, because life expectancy, at least in this country, is about 78.5 years of age. Great trivia question. You might want to remember that. And here's two more to go with it. What is the average life expectancy for a woman? If you said 81, you are correct. What is the average life expectancy for a man? If you said 76, you are also correct. Those are the average life expectancies for U.S. citizens, which is okay if you don't mind being about number 46 in the world for quality of health care. So there are other countries doing much better than we do. Of course, there are some societies who are doing much worse. The most important thing is that no matter what age you die, that you enjoy the quality of life you have for as long as you're given the opportunity to live that life while in this world. Before we continue with our review of obituaries, local and international, we want to thank our sponsors. We have a couple of sponsors, believe it or not. We have the Turtle Healing Band Clinic. Turtle Healing Band Clinic is an affiliate of the Crow Nation. That's actually here in Las Vegas. That's where I practice. If you would like to reach us, the number here is 702-562-1454. That's 702-562-1454. We practice indigenous medicine, which includes all things alternative. So if you're looking for natural alternative to the drugs you take or the drugs you don't want to take, that is, my friends, what we are here to do. And we are seeing some very interesting results with some very simple 
approaches to treatment using light, frequency, and sound. We've talked about that in a program before, but we are seeing patients who are lowering their viral loads, lowering their nagalase, the enzyme associated with virus and cancer, and lowering their cancer antibodies. In fact, I just got back a result on a patient today. He's actually a lung cancer patient. We've been training with light, frequency, and sound. No magic drug, no pill for every ill because, well, frankly, medicine has no cure for his cancer, but he's doing very well. His elevated cancer antibodies have gone to borderline to completely normal. Nagalase level has down. We're now just awaiting the results of his CT scan of his lungs where he has a nodule. But the point is we're using natural approaches to treat pathological diseases because we have to get the body to recover and putting cancer in reverse is the answer my friends we'd also like to thank the first nation medical board first nation medical board is also a crow nation affiliate it licenses practitioners of indigenous medicine such as myself here and in other places in other states so that they can practice without fear of reprisal from their medical boards. In other words, if you're a physician like myself, you need to be dual licensed. This is because if you're using natural approaches to the treatment of modern day diseases, you risk losing your license. And there are 49 states where you are at risk. It used to be 48 till Nevada lost their homeopathic board this, this legislation in 2019. So the only state where you can be dual licensed now as a physician is in Arizona, where they have a complementary board, formerly home. Many practitioners of medicine who have no board, such as naturopaths, acupuncturists, homeopaths, and so forth. First Nation Medical Board provides an umbrella for all of those who wish to help you, my friends, who are seeking optimal health and wellness. You can always email me if you have a question. Let's keep that in mind. And if I use your question on the air, I will send you a free bottle of RBC Blend, which is what we use to increase circulating stem cells in your blood. That email address is droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. D is in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, my friends, we will continue our discussion to educate you. So please stay right with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. Are you planning to move? Paragon Real Estate Resources can help you sell or buy a home anywhere in the United States. We provide a home resources coordinator to manage all aspects of your move. We recommend qualified real estate agents and other services to prepare your home for sale. Best of all, if you sell or buy a home with our assistance, you could be eligible to receive a tax-free real estate commission cash rebate. We can also help you obtain a mortgage at competitive interest rates. Our lenders offer fixed and adjustable rates, conforming and non-conforming loans, plus FHA and VA financing. We can also assist first-time buyers with as little as 5% down. And when it comes time to move, we can refer you to qualified movers or other companies to assist with self-moves. Paragon Real Estate Resources helps make moving as easy as possible. Call Paragon Real Estate Resources now at 1-800-235-7513 to learn more or visit ParagonRERI.com. 
Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. Beefies, the best little diner in the biggest little city. Cheeseburgers extraordinaire, chili cheese omelets, and the best milkshakes in Midtown and Reno. Beefies, try the full Beefies menu and beer on tap. Beefies, South Virginia at Arroyo. Midtown Reno, experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. The nonprofit Reno Sparks Assistance League Thrift Shop offers quality merchandise, including a selection of women's and children's apparel and shoes, books for every age, baby clothes, accessories, sporting goods, toys, housewares, linens, home decor, and seasonal items and jewelry, all at affordable prices. Come in the shop, donate, or join this all-volunteer organization. Assistance League Thrift Shop, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 4, at 1701 Vassar Street in Reno. To find out what's hot and happening, join Lady J for Smooth Jazz 2 Join me Saturdays, 10 to noon, here on America Matters. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. We are back to the show, and you, my friends, are listening to The Royal Treatment. Before the break, I mentioned we are going to talk about obituaries. Who does that? Nobody, really, except us. We like to review people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had just this last week here locally and internationally. So let's get started. By the way, the reason we do this is because, as we mentioned earlier, the life expectancy in the U.S. is 78.5. But that life expectancy is decreasing We've decreased for three years in a row. Once the data is in from 2018, it will probably be four years in a row, setting a new record in the United States. That is why we're paying close attention to what it is that people are actually dying from that is contributing to a decline in our life expectancy. There are many theories. Some say that it is the result of despair that was published in the British Medical Journal if you can believe it or not, in regards to the U.S. declining life expectancy. And some say it's due to drug overdoses from the opioid epidemic, which I doubt. That's simply a small contribution. Suicide, whether intentional or not. So let's take a look at what people are dying from. And you, my friends, can check your own obituary in your local paper and see how it compares. We have a 13-year-old boy who died after committing suicide. By the way, I should mention that if you are taking an antidepressant, it can make you more suicidal. We see more children being put on antidepressants. In fact, I had one in my office yesterday. She was put on an antidepressant in December. Why? Well, because she was crying too much. She's a young girl and she's probably hormonal, only 15, a teenager. But the doctor's solution was to put her on Prozac. Shortly thereafter, she started developing many symptoms, but the doctors ruled out that they were the side effects of her medication, naturally, because that might implicate them in the cause of her complaints. So one of the first things we did was to help her transition off that drug over this next week, because there is no doubt the symptoms she is experiencing are the result of the drug that was prescribed for her. So please keep that in mind. Drugs may or may not help you, but they can certainly make you worse as they all come with side effects, some of which, unfortunately, can be deadly. We have a 25-year-old man who worked as a transportation dispatcher, realtor. He passed away. 32-year-old man, a firefighter paramedic, passed away in his hometown. 34-year-old who worked as a recruiter for the Marines passed away. Now, these are people who are young, away, but they don't always mention why they passed away which is unfortunate for us. 38-year-old woman who was confined to a ventilator wheelchair after a car at four years of age, she passed away. 45-year-old man who worked in communications died of natural causes at home. At 45 years of age, he died of natural causes, probably magnesium deficiency, which we'll be talking about later in our program today. 52-year-old woman passed away from cirrhosis of her liver, which 12 years. 54-year-old woman, a special education teacher, passed away. 
By the way, cirrhosis is a chronic debilitating disease of the liver. It can come from alcohol, but it can also come from hepatitis C, which is one of the most commonly reported diseases here every month and every quarter with the county health department. And it's something for which, not surprisingly, medicine has no cure. We have a 60-year-old woman, an avid animal lover, passed away due to multiple medical complications, whatever that means. 62-year-old man who loved playing the drums passed away from brain cancer. 63-year-old woman, a high school volunteer, passed away after her long fight with thyroid cancer. 64-year-old man, a singer, musician, songwriter, passed away from complications after a massive stroke. We have a 69-year-old man who served in the Army in Vietnam. He died after losing his battle with lung cancer. Remember, what are the number one or two causes of death in this country and the world? If you said heart disease, you got it right. That's number one. If you said cancer, well, you got that right. It's number two, but they're almost virtually the same. Don't be surprised when those two switch places here in the very near future with cancer being number one. We have a 69-year-old man, an Army veteran, and journeyman for the Las Vegas Review Journal, our local newspaper, who passed away. 72-year-old man who worked in law enforcement passed away from in-stage disease, a type of hepatic disease, stereohepatitis, which is a fatty liver. Two-year-old man who worked for the United Airlines passed away at his residence. 73-year-old woman passed away after a 15-year battle with cancer. Imagine that. 15-year battle with cancer. 76-year-old man, a physical therapist, died after a long and courageous battle against Alzheimer's disease. 76-year-old woman who worked as a manager at Sherman Williams passed away from pulmonary fibrosis. And finally, a 78-year-old woman who worked as a female insurance underwriter passed away from Alzheimer's disease. A little later in the program, we're going to talk about one of the causes of Alzheimer's disease. Some people think that there's a parasite associated with it, but guess what? There's something much more common. It's a drug that many people are taking to lower their cholesterol. What's the result? We're going to talk about that a little later in today's program. Let's continue on with international deaths of celebrity notables who died too young from disease they shouldn't have had just this last week. We have Lilia Novakova, Russian poker player, died at 26 years of age from electrocution, her hair dryer in the bathtub, possibly drinking at the time. Who would do that in this day and age? Gabrielle Grunewald, American middle distance runner, died at 32 years of age from salivary gland and thyroid cancer. Susanna Hunenwell, the American editor and publisher of the Paris Review, died at 52 years of age from cancer. Donaram Padel, Nepalese politician, died at 53 years of age from a heart attack. Sergio Gentler, Argentine sports journalist, died at 53 years of age from intestinal cancer. Babayo Gamawa, Nigerian politician, died at 53 years of age from a Brief illness. Don't know what that was. Edith Gonzalez, Mexican actress and dancer, died at 54 years of age from ovarian cancer. Riazuddin, Pakistanian cricket umpire, died at 60 years of age from a heart attack. Garnik Badalyan, Armenian diplomat, ambassador to Afghanistan, died at 61 years of age from sudden death syndrome, which also means heart attack. George Toysuta, Indonesian military officer and army chief of staff, died at 65 years of age from colon cancer. Beatrice Salomon, Argentine actress, television presenter and singer, died at 65 years of age from colon cancer. Kevin Killian, American poet, died at 66 years of age from numerous health issues, numerous health issues related to his cancer and treatments. When we say treatments, we're referring to radiation and chemotherapy. Recently, we had a Supreme Court judge for the state of Utah who died from the complications of his radiation treatments. 
for his cancer. They are not innocuous. Robby Segara, Indonesian actor, died at 68 years of age from a heart attack. Shivnaryan Mena, Indian politician, died at 68 years of age from a heart attack. Nobuyuki Ishida, died at 68 years of age from colon. You can see these diseases are happening all around the world, not here in my neighborhood. Frank Lemire, American native activist for Winnebago tribe, died at 69 years of age from bile duct cancer. We have Armand D. Decker, Belgian lawyer, president of the Senate, died at 70 years of age after being weakened back in June of 2017. Something was going on. We don't know what, but it was a downhill course from there. Bishop Bullwinkle, American singer and comedian, died at 70 years of age from a heart attack. K. Rathmani, Indian politician, member of the Tamil Nadu Legislative Assembly, died at 70 years of age from stomach cancer. Rahman Hassan, Malaysian singer and composer, died at 73 years of age from lung complications. Pat Bolin, American sports executor and owner of the Denver Broncos professional football team, died at 75 years of age from Alzheimer's disease complications. Clovis Rossi, Brazilian journalist in Sao Paulo, died at 76 years of age from a heart attack. Bernard Judge, American newspaper editor for Chicago Sun-Times, died at 79 years of age from cancer. And finally, Sandy Brewer, South African filmmaker, died after her third battle with breast and bone cancer. There you have it, my friends. That's just a short list of the people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had just this last week around the world. Those are the celebrity notables. And, of course, we've talked about the locals that died too young from disease they shouldn't have this last week as well. Well, hopefully there's some good news that we have to share, and we certainly will. We come back from the break. News that will empower you so you don't end up like one of these statistics. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about statin drugs. Are they the new gateway drug? Well, we're going to talk about that. And after that, we're going to talk about magnesium and how magnesium deficiency kills. Probably the number one cause, if we really got right down to it, of heart disease and heart attacks. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion. So stay right with us. Low-dose chemotherapy uses only 10 to 20% of full-dose chemo, and it's known as IPT, or insulin-potentiated therapy. It's one of the safest and most innovative approaches to treating cancer effectively. IPT virtually eliminates side effects of full-dose chemo, such as nausea, hair loss, and fatigue. Could IPT be the answer you've been searching for? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. IPT uses low-dose chemo with insulin. Cancer cells have up to 20 times more insulin receptors and use up to 20 times more sugar than normal cells. That's why cancer cells thrive while normal cells struggle to survive. One study showed that using low-dose chemo with insulin resulted in a 10,000% increase in cancer-killing ability. Could IPT with low-dose chemo and insulin help you? Call Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for IPT. That's 702-562-1454. Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. It's springtime at Crystal Cove in the heart of Midtown at 737 South Virginia Street. At Crystal Cove, you'll find a variety of dazzling crystals, healing stones, stunning original jewelry, candles, and tarot decks. Crystal Cove, 737 South Virginia Street. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. Destination Midtown. Experience the difference. Reno's premier shopping extravaganza. Everything imaginable and more. Midtown matters. Get down to Midtown. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. Rick details your car, truck, RV, horse trailer, and airplane. Clean Image will go to your home or business. No more waiting in line. Clean Image Mobile Detailing. 775-233-5207. 233-5207. Call Rick. Midtown Reno. Experience the difference. Get down to Midtown. Midtown matters. 
Delta and Bonanza Saloons in Virginia City are simply elegant. Imagine ascending the grand staircase and being surrounded by the Victorian elegance and grandeur of the historic banquet rooms. Original crystal chandeliers, mahogany bars, and oak dance floors highlight the eloquently appointed spaces. A truly romantic and unique setting for your wedding, banquets, or holiday parties. Detailed ceremony and menu planning ensures your special event is a memorable occasion. With just one call to Jesse at 775-847-0789, all of your arrangements will be handled by their experienced staff with your every expectation in mind, including cakes, flowers, photography, videography, music, and party amenities. Complete ceremony and reception packages are available as well as their famous themed weddings. Since 1865, the Delta and Bonanza Saloon's guests have come from every state in the union. Now it's your turn. No event is too large or too small. Let the Delta and Bonanza Saloon's plan your next incredible event. Call Jesse at 775-847-0789. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, my friends, and you're listening to The Royal Treatment. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. I'm the royal in Royal treatment. So, welcome back. During this next half of the show, we're going to be talking about the detrimental effects of one of the most common drugs prescribed in this country today, perhaps even the world, statin drugs that are used to lower your cholesterol, a cottage industry that has spawned numerous billion-dollar drugs for the big pharma. I have never met a patient in my entire career that feels better lowering their cholesterol or taking a so-called statin drug. But I've met many that feel worse, and we're going to talk about why. So let's say you go to your doctor's office. You get your cholesterol checked. This is standard operating procedure, right? My patients tell me they went to their doctor. They had all their blood checked, which is, of course, impossible. But typically what doctors check are your CBC, your chemistry, and your blood fats. We've been taught that we should have low cholesterol because if you lower your cholesterol, you, you lower your risk of heart disease, correct? Well, not really. Nobody dies from cholesterol. Cholesterol kills nobody. It's part of a process the body uses to repair damage caused by other things, such as environmental pollutants, heavy metals that damage your blood vessels that the body tries to repair initially with platelets, but then covering it with cholesterol to smooth it over and hardening it with plaque or I should say calcium, to make plaque. So if you have high cholesterol and it's getting higher all the time because, well, your doctor tells you so and your drug test or your blood test tells you so, but just because your cholesterol is high doesn't mean it's high because when we look at the blood test, we're looking at total cholesterol. So we need to look at the ratio between total cholesterol and HDL, your good cholesterol. That ratio should be less than 4.5 to one. Now, there are many things that can be done to correct your cholesterol. Sometimes I just have patients repeat the test, fast a little longer, fast for 14 hours instead of 12 hours, and miraculously, their cholesterol is completely normal. On the other hand, I've had patients whose blood we've drawn at random and found it to be also completely normal. So sometimes it doesn't seem to be a connection between that. But particularly for triglycerides, you elevated. You should fast for 14 hours, and you will find that that will lower them oftentimes to completely normal levels. Now, statins come by many names. There are many drugs out there, such as simvastatin, but there's also uh, Lipitor, Zocor, Mevacor, etc. These are all designed to lower your cholesterol, which they seem to be okay at doing. But what price do we pay for lowering our cholesterol? In many cases, statins are just the start of the drug list that you will end up carrying around your wallet in case of emergency. I knew one patient, the emergency doctor would put her in the hospital in Tonopah, Utah. I'm sorry, Tonopah, Nevada. He would do it every year. Why? Well, because she was up to 12 drugs. And the only way to get her off the drug was to put her in the hospital to wean her off the drugs. But the patient apparently liked her drugs because she was back right where she started a year later. The point is, if you're taking 12 drugs, you're probably taking 12 drugs too many. Now, the question is, could statins, these cholesterol-lowering drugs, be 
the gateway drug that makes you need all the other drugs in the first place? Well, let's take a look. There are many published studies that show that statins cause many different problems, most of which require another drug to fix. For example, there was a Crestor study, a type of cholesterol-lowering drug, that showed a significantly increased rate of diabetes among the Crestor, Crestor users. This obviously requires one or two new drugs, insulin and or an anti-diabetic drug or two. Most people who are on two or three different prescription drugs often have heartburn and get a prescription antacid to help with that symptom. Yes, there are prescription antacids. Now, the ones over the counter used to be prescription if you're purchasing those such as Tagamet and Zantac and so forth. They're still drugs and they still have side effects. Both prescription antacids as well as diabetic drugs have been shown to increase fractures among older women. Now, we know as we get older, the bone density decreases. We become more prone to that, especially when we fall. Having a fracture of the hip can virtually be fatal because that may require hospitalization where you then contract pneumonia and die. Now, there's another drug added to the mix, one for osteoporosis called biphosphonate. I found that most patients can't tolerate it. It makes them nauseous anyway. Another study shows a significant increase in depression with the use of statins. Now you need an antidepressant, another boon to the pharmaceutical industry, if you will. However, a great study shows that men with low cholesterol and who have depression are at much greater risk of dying than other men. Did you get that? The combination of low cholesterol and depression increase your risk of dying sooner than other men. That's a synergistic combination, but going the wrong direction. Let's not forget that one of the most notorious effects of statins is muscle weakness, muscle wasting, and a serious condition called rhabdomyolysis, a life-threatening muscle wasting condition that will put you in the ICU for a few days. When I work with pain patients, the first thing we did, well, the first thing I do with all patients actually is take them off statin drugs, but certainly with pain patients, because if you're complaining of pain, it may be caused by statin drugs causing muscle aches. So studies show that prescription antacids also cause muscle weakness, muscle pain, and rhabdomyolysis. So now you have a synergistic effect between those. And all that muscle weakness will probably keep you at home, increasing your risk of osteoporosis, depression, even more. Now there's another word, myositis or muscle pain, which will force you to need some pain medication for nonspecific muscle pain. The pain medication will probably make you constipated. With the inevitable drug, a stool softener, or the need for laxatives. If you make it through all of that without cancer or the need for a liver transplant, a couple more of the unfortunate adverse effects of the statins, then diabetes now increases your chance of getting Alzheimer's disease and the need for a few more drugs, none of which work very well. But you have the relief of knowing that you have a 1% less risk of heart disease that could easily be better managed with diet, eating less processed, refined foods, exercising, and a few targeted supplements such as magnesium, which we'll talk about here in the fourth quarter of our show. But let's continue our discussion on statins. There's been an astronomical increase in the number of people experiencing memory loss, dementia, and Alzheimer's disease, which is now the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. That's a great trivia question. Alzheimer's disease, dementia, memory loss, Number six leading cause of death in the United States. And you heard earlier where we talked about people who die from the complications of Alzheimer's disease. It is found in particularly high concentrations in the brain. We're talking about cholesterol now with because more than 60% of this important organ consists of fat. So people who are lowering their cholesterol uh, also are lowering it not just in their blood, but in their brain. The brain uses cholesterol to manufacture neurotransmitters. Do you know what they are? Those are chemicals which enable the brain cells to communicate with each other. Neurotransmitters are also responsible for regulating mood as well as facilitating focus and the ability to remember things, learn new things, and cope with stress. When normal transmitter activity is disrupted, psychiatric disorders and nervous system diseases can be triggered. For this reason, doctors admit that high cholesterol levels help prevent dementia in the elderly. Did you get that? High cholesterol levels help prevent dementia in the elderly. But the same doctors will not admit the inverse. 
that low cholesterol levels can be linked to an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. There's also brain fog. I've seen many patients are complaining of the fact that they don't seem to be able to think. They're in a fog. Why does this happen? Well, there are some reasons that are explained by B-Brain Fit. Here's what B-Brain Fit says. Statins decrease the production of CoQ10. Now, that's a supplement which is found in every cell in your body that's used to help manufacture a in the mitochondria, the powerhouse that produces the energy you need to live and breathe and stay alive. Some people get very irritable, depressed, anxious, or even suicidal when taking these cholesterol-lowering drugs or when following a low-fat diet. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA, requires that a warning label state statins can cause memory loss as well as mental confusion, liver problems, and type 2 diabetes. Did you know that? This is why we say that statin drugs may, in fact, be a gateway drug because it causes other conditions that require more drugs to fix. Statins can lead to diabetes at an alarming rate. We see a lot of that. A lot of people want to lose weight. It becomes much harder when you become a diabetic. Research has found that nearly half the women who take these medications eventually develop diabetes, a disease which is increasing your risk for dementia. Now, there's another study that has added reasons for avoiding these drugs in that they may cause amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. That's ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. I'll bet you didn't know that. According to a new study, statins may be one of the driving factors behind sporadic cases of ALS, which accounts for, well, nine out of 10 cases of ALS. I'm talking about sporadic cases. Now, there's something called reporting odds ratio. Now, when the reporting odds ratio is uh, six or more, this typically suggests a probable cause. The reporting odds ratio for ALS was found to be elevated for all of the statins investigated. For lipophilic statins, such as lovastatin, they were found to have an alarmingly high reporting odds ratio of 107. Simvastatin was at 23, Lipitor at 17, Crestor at 9.09, but all higher than 6 and more likely a probable cause for causing ALS. Statins have also been linked to higher cause of heart disease and memory loss, as we've just suggested, as well as fatigue, cognitive problems, muscle symptoms, and some note aggression, irritability, numbness, and tingling in the extremities, and they increase your risk of stroke. There's more to come. And we'll conclude this discussion. We'll come back from the break. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. And we're talking about statins, gateway drugs that can increase your risk of more problems. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight-up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving? makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and you are listening to The Royal Treatment with me, Dr. Dan Royal. And before the break, we were talking about statins. I just want to conclude our thought on this subject. We mentioned that statins are linked to a higher risk of heart disease and memory loss, which includes ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, as well as Alzheimer's. But the most common side effects, which you may be experiencing if you're taking one of these drugs, are fatigue, cognitive problems, muscle symptoms, as well as aggression, irritability, numbness, tingling in the extremities, and increased risk of stroke or suffering hemorrhagic strokes. So I just wanted to reemphasize that. Now, we did mention that statins can increase your risk of diabetes, but more than doubles, and the risk is even higher among postmenopausal women when you're taking statins. A large study involving more than 150,000 women showed that the risk of postmenopausal women of diabetes increases by 71% when they are taking statins. It's virtually guaranteed. 71% is a very high number. Now, can this be corrected? Can you lower your cholesterol without taking statin drugs? Well, of course, my friends, you can make lifestyle changes. You can take supplements such as we're going to talk about in regards to magnesium. You can improve your diet. You can drink more water, preferably distilled water. And all of these things come with no negative side effects that the statins carry, such as increasing your risk of ALS. It is estimated that close to one in four Americans over the age of 45 is taking a statin drug. 25% of the Americans walking around in this country are taking a statin drug to lower cholesterol. Think about that and think about the increasing rate of Alzheimer's, ALS, and everything else that we're seeing going on and how all these things could be corrected naturally. But when you have a pill for every ill mentality, get what you pay for All right, let's talk about magnesium, magnesium deficiency. There's a great article that was published in 2017. It's actually a meta-analysis, which looks at other studies. If you want to copy this article, please feel free to email me. It's very readable. It's not full of the gobbledygook that we read from the researchers that like to communicate with, uh, with each other in ivory towers. This is something that is actually quite educational, and we won't have time to go through this well, this very comprehensive published paper, but you can email me at droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com and request a copy of the article on subclinical magnesium deficiency that was published in Open Heart Journal in the year 2017. Again, that email is d as in Daniel Royal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. So here's what it says in the abstract. Because serum magnesium does not reflect intracellular magnesium, the latter making up more than 99% of total body magnesium, most cases of magnesium deficiency are undiagnosed. No surprise there. So when you do a blood test, you're taking for magnesium, you're looking at only 1% of what's in the body. This is why we do intracellular testing with spectrocell. I had a couple of patients yesterday, we drew their blood to check 
their intracellular levels of minerals, vitamins, amino acids, antioxidants, and so forth. You can't get that information from a local lab. So when you have a doctor who's relying on his local lab and hospital for all his, in, his information, he's going to get some misleading information, perhaps some false information. But certainly, he's going to have some blinders on. Let's continue. Further, because of chronic diseases, medications, decreases in food crop magnesium contents and the availability of refined and processed foods, the vast majority of people in modern societies are at risk for magnesium deficiency. Remember, there was a time when we admitted that the soil was deficient in iodine. We put iodine in salt and we corrected the problem. No more goiters or thyroid goiters. But that's only a trace mineral. Magnesium is an essential mineral and we need a lot more of it than a trace of iodine. In fact, magnesium is what makes your calcium and potassium work more effectively, but they need to be taken in proper doses because if you're overdosing on calcium, which studies have shown can actually increase your risk of heart disease, you're lowering your calcium. Please keep that in mind. <clears throat> Certain individuals will need to supplement with magnesium in order to prevent suboptimal magnesium deficiency, especially if trying to obtain an optimal magnesium status to prevent chronic disease. Subclinical magnesium deficiency increases the risk of numerous types of cardiovascular disease, costs nations around the world an incalculable amount of healthcare costs and suffering, and should be considered a public health crisis. That an easy, cost-effective strategy exists to prevent and treat subclinical magnesium deficiency should provide an urgent call to action. That's the abstract for this paper, and we're going to go through some of the studies that they reference, but there are many and we won't be able to cover them all. What's important when you supplement with magnesium is that you choose the right product. We only use magnesium aspartate, although there is a study mentioned using magnesium orotate. That would probably be my second choice. But the reason we use magnesium aspartate is because aspartic acid is the amino acid that takes magnesium from the outside to the inside of the cell. And that, my friends, is where 99% of the magnesium is and needs to be. If you're taking magnesium and you're finding that it gives you loose bowels, guess what? Your magnesium is not being absorbed. And we do use magnesium as a laxative. If you're going to have a colonoscopy, they prescribe magnesium citrate because it is a laxative. It is not being absorbed at all. And when you're having diarrhea from a magnesium laxative, guess what? That diarrhea is increasing your magnesium deficiency. Last week, I had a patient send me a testimonial, which I want to share with you about a real-life magnesium deficiency case, actually a subclinical magnesium deficiency case that almost killed her. She says, I am a 42-year-old mother with three adopted children. About seven years ago, I had a total hysterectomy due to a horrible bout of endometriosis. Shortly thereafter, I was put on hormone replacement therapy, which included the Vivel patch two times weekly, a compound of progesterone and armor thyroid. Approximately five years later, in 2017, I had my first heart attack. It looked like it was caused from a small tear in one of my blood vessels, but they couldn't really identify why or what caused the heart attack for sure. All the doctors could find was that my potassium was extremely low, but no stents were needed because the heart looked otherwise healthy. By the way, I should mention that she also had no plaque in her arteries. She was having heart attacks because of arterial spasms, much like you might have a spasm in your hand or foot. If you're having cramps in your hand or foot, guess what? That, my friends, is a sign of magnesium deficiency. You need to supplement with the good quality magnesium aspartate. She goes on to say, I didn't stop the estrogen patch at this time. Instead, I continued taking it, as well as the progesterone and armor thyroid, along with some supplements including Nagalase protocol from Dr. Daniel Royal that I started in October 2018. Now, we prescribed that protocol because we found that her Nagalase enzyme was elevated. We didn't know whether it was being caused by a cancer or a virus, but those are two of the prime reasons why someone might have an elevated Nagalase. And as we've talked about on this program before, we do have a very effective way for treating that very successfully using an oral protocol, although it can be taken intravenously as well. In February of this year, 2019, a second and third heart attack followed, as well as a cardiac arrest due to blood vessel spasms. I might mention that she was unconscious for 12 minutes where she was revived. 12 minutes. They did not think that she was going to make it. 
She had to be intubated. She says, finally, after a couple of days of continuous flatline, my attending physician in the intensive care unit gave me intravenous magnesium. Now, she goes on to say, this was done only after my mother had begged and insisted upon it because Dr. Royal had told her that he suspected I had a cl subclinical magnesium deficiency and an IV would stop the spasms. Guess what? It did. After she had a heart attack at home, a heart attack in the emergency room, another heart attack in the ICU, the mother finally convinced the doctor to administer IV magnesium, even though her serum magnesium level was normal. What did we say earlier in the program? That reflects 1% of your total magnesium level. That's because 99% of your magnesium is exactly where it needs to be, intracellular. And when we use SpectraCell to evaluate your magnesium deficiency, that requires that the cells be cultured and grown over a period of two to three weeks. It's not something we can get from a simple blood job. But to the doctor's credit, he did read the article, which I quoted earlier, subclinical magnesium deficiency in the 2017 Open Heart Journal, and he administered the magnesium. That was the end of the heart attacks. The patient goes on to say, I feel it was the magnesiums, and she had some church priesthood blessings that saved me and my heart from dying. Almost immediately after the magnesium IV, the flatlining stopped, the spasm ceased, and the heart angina pains never returned. I have since discontinued the Viabel patch. Instead, I've been using bioidentical hormones prescribed by Dr. Royal, which included Triest cream, which we've since switched to Bias, Progest 5%, natural thyroid or Natrothroid, along with the Nagalase protocol and some other supplements, including magnesium, calcium, potassium drops, which we use as part of our light sound frequency protocol prescribed by Dr. Royal. Okay, that's a testimonial from a patient who experienced magnesium or subclinical magnesium deficiency that almost killed her. Now, what's interesting about this case is we finally discovered what was causing her magnesium deficiency. Did you catch it? You got a clue. During that reading, the patient was taking a synthetic estrogen, the vital patch. If you look at the side effects of the vital patch, it says that it can increase your calcium levels. When you increase your calcium levels, you decrease your magnesium levels. That is one of the reasons why we decreased the patch, but we also switched over to bioidentical hormones. In the article, we can talk about this again next week, there are many signs of magnesium deficiency, many causes, and many diseases associated therewith. We will discuss that in more detail next week when we return for another episode of The Royal Treatment. In the meantime, if you have any questions for me, feel free to email me at droyal at royalmedicalclinic.com. Until next week, my friends, you be well. We'll be back next week for another program. Bye.